0: Hello and welcome to Ascent's podcast exploring standards my name is Jess and in this podcast I will be talking to the experts in the consultancy industry at Ascent we pride ourselves on championing international standards and in each episode of this podcast I will be talking to expert consultants discussing standards ISOs consultancy and everything in between to bring you industry knowledge and updates Hello, I'm here today with Cathy Clements, a consultant and lead auditor in ISO 14001, Environmental Management, and ISO 9001, Quality Management. She's also head of the Raiders, a sense training brand, and she specializes in working with small businesses, aiming to make the ISO certification process a little less daunting. Hi Cathy, how are you? Hi Jess, I'm good, how are you? Yeah, I'm good, thank you, I'm very good. Uh, So today we are discussing, ISO 14001, mm-hmm. environmental management, and more specifically, how ISO 14001 implement- implementation is changing. Okay. Yes. So uh, my first question is, why should organizations care about managing their environmental impacts?
1: OK, well, obviously, organizations generally have a higher Environmental impact than individuals do. So, we're all aware of the little things we're doing as individuals. Um, Plastic straws have now gone in the UK, and and there's a whole host of other things coming out soon. And we're all being a little bit more conscious of those things. It can be difficult as a business because you do what you do and you do it day in, day out. And this is how we do things. Um, But obviously, there are things you can catch and say, Oh, actually, do I really need to be doing that? Could I be doing this better? Um, could our process be smoother? Could we use less water, less electricity, et cetera? And the idea of, of all these environmental awareness uh, initiatives is to point out that you don't actually, it's not just negative impacts a, uh, an organisation has. You can have incredible positive impacts, mm. um, not only in what you do in the environment, but also socially. So having a big corporation, for example, say, actually... We are um, you know, CO2 nil is, is fantastic because, oh, OK, well, if you can do it, then maybe we can find ways to help the littler guys do it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so it's it's a whole host of things, not just, you know, obviously there's a cost saving sometimes if you're doing things more efficiently, especially at the moment with the electricity and the gas prices and the water prices. But socially and publicly and, and bringing people along with you and of course avoiding those lovely lawsuits if you haven't got your permits and things so yeah <laughs> there's a That's lot helpful. of <laughs> yes there's a lot of
0: reasons to be aware of your environmental impact wonderful so what laws currently affect uk organizations okay so for me there's a
1: few big ones um mm-hmm biggest one i notice in my organizations i work with is what we call the we waste so <laughs> w-e-e-e so it's our waste electronic equipment um there's a lot of things inside electronic equipment that is not nice and so when you are finished with for example my laptop we send it off to a recycling scheme who take all those bits out and they recycle as much as they can and all the harmful stuff they deal with properly so it doesn't end up getting into the environment um, and of course, that helps. There's huge inis- initiatives at the moment about getting companies to donate old laptops for schools. So they're mm-hmm. refurbished and they're given to kids at schools that perhaps their families can't provide them with laptops. And therefore, you're doing a, a double good there. You've got the environmental good and you've got the social good to, to mm-hmm. helping people out. Um, so that's a big a big law at the moment. Um, ESOS has been knocking around for a while. That's the energy efficiency sort of savings scheme that applies to companies over a certain size or over a certain turnover. And it's kind of like you do your tax returns. You have to submit an assessment of all your emissions and your energy usage and how that's affecting the company and how then it will affect the environment. Um, the SECr that's um, that's an interesting one. That's another energy reporting, and it's to do with um, energy consumption and the greenhouse gas emissions that come with that. And it's again, it's a bit like a tax return. You put it through mm-hmm. company's house. Um, Euro six engines. That's a new one. Well, actually, it's not that new anymore. Euro seven will probably come out sometime <laughs> soon. So we used to see these huge lorries, big you know, ton lorries. Mm-hmm. Um, And the Euro 5s were huge for a long time. They were banned. Anything below Euro 5 was banned in London, for example, for a while. So the Euro 6 engines is a reduction in nitrous oxide or nitrogen oxide, um, and they are so much more efficient. And so big cities like London tend to say, well, if you have anything less than a most recent engine, you have to pay a tax. Or, you know, you have to have this charge, that charge and new engines can only be built to the specification of Euro six. And when Euro seven comes out, they'll only be allowed to be built to Euro seven. And along comes with that, obviously, ULES which was recently and the congestion charge Mm -hmm. to reduce the emissions. Um, And they're all things that sometimes, although companies will be aware of if they're working in cities, if you don't work in cities very often, like, for example, our company, our consultants tend to go by train to the cities wherever we can, because it's just, I mean, also, if you don't live in a city, you generally don't want to drive in mm-hmm. a city. The emissions are there to um, help control, control. the charges are there to help control those emissions and try and reduce people coming in. Yeah,
0: wonderful. And I'm guessing that ISO 14001 kind of helps you understand all these laws and then um, adhere to them as well.
1: Yes. So the idea of 14,001 is it's a a gentle introduction to these things. It's, Mm -hmm. you know, we make little improvements and we look at what we can do now and what we can do in a year and what we can do in a few years. So the 14,001 uh, really does help bring you in sort of gently. So it it shows you look at all these things you can do, but let's not panic and try and do them all straight away. Let's do Mm -hmm. it bit by bit. And of course, having a consultant to guide you is, is essential.
0: Wonderful. Uh, So how is the landscape changing? So the main thing people
1: are aware of at the moment is we've just had the COP26, or I say COP just had it, um, had it probably this time last year now. I mean, I've lost lost track with everything else going on. But interestingly, did you know that COP means um, conference of parties? I didn't know that. So there's something new hmm. for you today. There we are, <laughs> um, and that's the United Nations Climate Change uh, Conference. Yeah, I think 27th next month, isn't it? 27 is next month, 6th yeah. to the 18th of November, and it's in Sharm El Sheikh this year in oh. Egypt. Um, so that brings obviously the the huge industries of the United Arab Emirates into it. So that's going to be really fascinating. Um, and that always brings out a whole host of of things, agreements, countries getting involved um, and thinking of things that they wouldn't necessarily commit to. And that's the thing. It's the commitments. It's saying we will do this by this time. Mm-hmm. They're largely air pollution and uh, water usage and water pollution and emissions and that kind of thing. but the main change I think our companies would notice here in the UK really would be that awareness that these conferences bring and the change in technology. So obviously Mm -hmm. there's two angles to that. There's things like laptops being more efficient and using less energy and having less harmful things in them, but there's technology that helps us be more environmentally friendly. So there's lots more now about how we can make bioplastics. So they are made from wheat, et cetera. But they are just as as good and as strong and, and they're biodegradable. And that's mm-hmm. only possible because we've got machines that can make that now and, and can make those chemicals up out of nice things, not nasty things. Um, so that, I think, are the main uh, main changing in, in our landscape as an awareness. Of course, you've, you've got the protests and things, but they don't necessarily bring the same kind of information as the COP26 and things yeah. like that.
0: Yeah, naturally, yeah. Uh, So why is ISO 14001 a good option for organisations? So yeah, as I was saying earlier, it's, I think it's quite a gentle approach
1: to environmental management. It's saying, look, these are a set of requirements, we need you to be trying to meet these requirements and, and everything. But let's not do it all in one massive go. So let's say, let's have some objectives. I love the objectives, you can set them as far in advance or as close as you like. And as long as it is efficient and it works for your company good things lovely Um, and the 14001 is designed to slot in with what you already do all the isos are now so they're all on this annex sl which is designed to be a set structure that is logical for how most companies work Mm -hmm. and so when you bring in iso 14001 particularly if you've got a consultant like me on board we say okay what are you doing now and how can we slot this into what you're already doing rather than disrupting everything um, by trying to make people do things differently than how they've already done it.
0: Absolutely. I think that makes more work, which then it's kind of backwards for what um, a standard is supposed to do. So, yeah.
1: Yeah. And it can make, I mean, if people suddenly have to make a change, it can be really startling to them and they can kind of almost reject it if you come in too, Mm. too harsh with it, but bringing things in gradually and, and especially as it's internationally recognized. So it, it's not just you. We're not just one little island trying to do this one little thing because it's an international standard. You can say, what are they doing in Europe? What are they doing over in Australia? What are they doing in America? What can we mm-hmm. take from this? And yeah. and although all those areas have slightly different ways of doing it, it can really help us on our little island go, oh, OK, well, that might be an idea. And um, and especially the the risk based approach that comes with ISOs now with the 2015 upwards Um, it really becomes thinking and a mindset of how do I want my business to A, operate, and B, be seen in the world. Mm -hmm. Like I'm doing this thing. What do I need to put out there? And how do I need to think to make this work?
0: Wonderful. Uh, So our final question is what can service-based organisations with minimal impacts do to improve their environment? So I'm assuming, obviously, there's you know they think oh there's nothing we can do we're not doing that but that there's always something so love yes. to hear some examples.
1: Yeah, so small businesses. I mean, I work with a lot of what they used to call one man bands, and I think they now call um, single employee um, operations or single employee. Um, a, there's another word for it, but it's basically the very small companies. They can really struggle to find those savings, because if you're a small company, you're generally trying to make every saving you can anyway mm-hmm. um, to keep things rolling. But the thing, obviously, lighting and do you really need to have your heating on overnight in an empty office? Can you not turn it on an hour before people get there, have it on a timer? Um, And those are all all things that that are great, but they're not necessarily going to work for everyone. But the real thing, I think, is your suppliers. So are they using environmentally efficient methods themselves? Have you ordered a box of paper and it's turned up in a box with a ton of packaging with it? Does it really need that? It's a Mm -hmm. box of paper. Just deliver it. Um, Are they bringing all your parcels at the same time or are they? bringing one in the afternoon and one the next day and you know what is the point of that and can you speak to them and say can we combine this can we reduce these efficient these uh, inefficiencies in your in your processes but I think the main thing there was a big thing recently about um, it was something to do with the data mining and the the, um, the way that servers are used companies so we're all going Mm -hmm. cloud-based which is wonderful please do go cloud-based if you can because it's safer for you because everything's backed up by someone else and also it's someone else running one server with all of us on rather than all of us running individual servers yeah which is so much better but um there was a thing recently about okay they're using these servers are they burning them at a high rate when they shouldn't be should they be reducing the power usage overnight when let's say the whole of the UK generally has come to a stop for the evening and therefore it doesn't need to process so much. Are they getting their energy from efficient places? You know, check the news. Has that company been dumping stuff in rivers and been Mm. fined for it? And uh, they've just sort of put it on the quiet. Do these checks and see what you can find there. But obviously it's it's, it's each little thing. You don't have to change the world in one sitting. It's not that's not going to happen. Find those little things. And do the little things that go, make you go, yes, I've. this is good. I like this. I'm happy with this.
0: Yeah, I like that. Because, you know, I think anything with environmental, you know, being environmentally conscious, we're not all going to be able to do the massive things. But if everybody and every company and every organisation did all the small little things. That is a huge impact. And I do, sometimes yeah. think that people think that you have to make a huge impact alone well, actually know together we make the huge impact and we need to keep be mindful of that um, and I feel like ISO 14001 kind of really embodies that sort of theory it's the small steps let's break it down what are the small things we can do to ensure that we are making the positive positive impacts on the environment
1: and if you think about it people balance each other out so I've got a client who has a lot of technology running all the time
0: mm-hmm. I
1: also have a client that only works during daylight hours so they adjust their shifts throughout the year to be using daylight hours and that means they balance each other out Um, yeah which is is really nice because you sort of look at that and you go okay they don't know each other but I do and I know they're balancing each other out
0: yeah exactly yeah (laughs) that's it (laughs) that's a really good way to put it (laughs) well thank you very much for your time I really appreciate it very much enjoyed this chat um so thank you very much Thank you for listening to today's podcast. Check out the show description for links for more information on all topics discussed in the episode. If you enjoyed listening, please make sure you subscribe to our podcast and make sure to leave us a review. If you need any help with implementing an ISO standard or have any questions, please reach out to Ascent Risk Management to talk to one of our expert consultants today. We can be found at www.ascent1.com, we're also on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. All links can also be found in the show description. This podcast was produced by Jessica Ingalls and is a Clermark Studios production.